Hey, For The Girl fam, it's Mac, and I wanted to let you know that you are listening to the Daughters series. We are going to be studying incredible women from the Bible for the next six weeks, and we actually have a workbook or a Bible study that goes along with this study. You can get it on our website, forthegirl.com, and you will have an incredible tool and resource to help you engage with scripture, understand context, and really begin to interact with the text. We also have some super cool merch, a daughter sweatshirt, a Go Be His t-shirt, and a beanie. That's right. It's super cute. You're going to want to check that out also at forthegirl.com. We would love to have you join us in an even deeper way for this study by grabbing your workbook online. But that's all I got for you right now. Let's get into the episode. Welcome to the For The Girl podcast. Join best friends Mackenzie Wilson and Mackenzie Baker from Delight Ministries as they talk about all things relationships, faith, and well, girls. This podcast is for the girl expectant for her future, for the girl who is ready to grow, and for the girl who needs some honest answers. Get ready because this is for you. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to week three of our daughter series on the For the Girl podcast. My name is Mac. This is Ken. Hello. 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 Can you tell the difference in our voices? (laughs) Are we starting to sound too much alike? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know at all. But we are so excited about today's episode. We are on week three. We have been diving into the stories of some incredible women of God. We've talked about Rahab. We've talked about Priscilla. Not Priscilla. We talked about Deborah. Deborah. Priscilla's week six. I'm getting ahead of myself. Wow. But then this week we are talking about one of the most iconic women from the Old Testament, Ruth and her boo, Boaz. I'm pretty (laughs) pumped about it. Um, But before we get into that conversation, before we start to dig into the word of God, we just, (laughs) I'm scarred that we're about to do this, but it's time for another three minute tea. We have three minutes to spill the tea on some topic and story from our lives. And this week's three minute tea is entitled Poopy Phone. (laughs) Timer ready? Okay. One, two, three, let's go. All right, you guys, this is pretty embarrassing. Um, here's what happened. Well, I go on really long runs. And if you're a long runner out there, you know that like your bowel, is that the right word? Your bowel? Mm -hmm. You get a lot of bowel issues. Bowel movements. Yes. Movements when you're running for long distances. Yeah. And so honestly, I often like have to go to the bathroom mid run. Yeah. And most of the time I'm running on trails. And so I will like go off the trail so there's into like, the woods. And there's go like to the a bathroom. kind of like a you have a routine for this. Yeah, I have. You a start routine to feel the this. bowel movement, and, and you're like, okay, start looking for a spot. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. You just start eyeing it out, like make sure nobody's around, and like making yep. sure it's all good to go. I've done this before. I don't know if yeah. I've ever pooped outside, but I've definitely peed multiple times outside. Yeah. Honestly, most of the time it's just just pee. pee. Yeah. yeah. So, anyways, though, this time it was number two. And I was out there in the woods, go to the bathroom. And when I say number two, it's not like a solid number two. Oh, it no. is like number two after running a lot of miles. Oh, yeah. it's mushy so, gushy. Oh, you better bet. Oh. So it is. Mushy-gushy. Why do we all have a visual image in our minds right now? <laughs> yeah. So I go, I have my dog with me who's tied around my waist. I have my phone. Is he intrigued by He doesn't know what goes on. He just is like, okay, are we going potty? We're going potty. So anyways, anyway, I get there 
and um, got everything. I carry my phone like in my sports bra, which is yeah. kind of weird. I don't have like the pouch for it yet. Yeah. But anyways, put it in my bar. I go to squat. I squat. I go to the bathroom <laughs> and my phone falls out and it falls into my poop. Like directly in. It like how bad? Into my poop. I mean, it was pretty straight on, but I'm, <laughs> I, th- I think it was the backside. Okay. But what do you do plus. in this moment, it's right? A positive. Like, put yourself in my shoes. Like, what do you do? You do you can't, pick up the phone? Yeah, you definitely pick I up mean, the phone. I mean, because you can't leave You can't phone. leave it there. Yeah. So no. I was like, okay, I'm going to have to get my phone Did out Did you of use like a leaf poop. to... To I, wash it? So I took off my shirt because I, I had like a shirt and a sports bra. Scandy. And then I wiped it off with my shirt and I just wiped it off and I th- I threw my shirt like oh, away. away. Yeah. I think okay. I just left it there. Honestly, that's not and that And then bad. I like took my phone with me. It was like shocking though, you guys. Like, what did you think in this, your head? Like, were you like, were you so disgusted by I, you now <laughs> holding this phone? Yes, but also like I was determined to like make sure I got my phone. And I just thought to myself, I'm never telling anybody this happened. And here we are on the podcast. Here we are. And I don't think this is the first time no, you told I this think story. Was, <laughs> this happened like a few months ago. Well, maybe a year ago now. It was yeah. terrible. It was honestly, I can't I'm, believe it's it. It's the same phone. Yes. And <laughs> did you, you sanitize yeah. it? I course oh yes. all right time is wow. up. wow that is my tea about running in the woods any other runners out there can resonate though like yeah. life is hard out there like when you're it, it's anybody there's else? Been funnier moments honestly like yeah sneaking in some bathrooms like, for, sure. For, sure. for sure yeah no wow all wow. right well that's all we got for you that's all we got for you i think it's time to get into our little study of ruth so let's do it All right, you guys, we are back for our next Bible story, and this is going to be a good one. It's the Book of Ruth. And wow. it's really cute. This is such a good story. We have a true, it's one of the most iconic, maybe the most iconic love story in the Bible. We have Ruth and Boaz. Yes. Ruth and Boaz. I'm trying to think about, there's all those um little like kind of funny taglines about Ruth and Boaz, you know? like Can you think of any of them? The like funny little Ruth Boaz. and Boaz. Like... You know what I mean? Boaz is my lover. <laughs> Look for your Boaz. Find a Boaz for yeah. you. Boaz. I yo, I can't say that. Uh, never mind. Never mind. Never mind, guys. I don't know. I'm going to find a tagline. I'll post it on the Instagram story one day. She's going to find a tagline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm so excited to jump into this story. We got a Me great too. epic love story. But I also think what's so cool is that we're going to see God's heart for his daughters in through this and see mm-hmm. how um, when it feels like all hope is lost, like God has such a beautiful story story in mind for each of us and such a plan and a purpose for our lives. And I love Ruth because we're going to see her choose some pretty crazy things. So Ken, should we jump into this story? Let's jump into the story. Um, You guys, to be honest, we, I already tried to walk through the story. Yep. Once we actually don't normally edit our podcast. If you're curious, we actually aren't editing, but we just told the I just went through the whole story and Max said I had too much detail because <laughs> I did. I included every little thing for you. So where are we doing this with some broad overview and just to say, you just need to get the book. You just need to get dig into your Bible for yourself because you'll get all the details there. 
Oh, so good. Okay. I found the quote. Can I read this quote? This is so good before we jump in. Oh, and okay. absolutely. To all the girls who are in a hurry to have a boyfriend or get married, a piece of biblical advice. Ruth patiently waited for her mate, Boaz. While you are waiting on your Boaz, don't settle for any of his relatives. Broke as, Boaz, lion as, cheating as. Dumbass, drunk ass. I'm saying as guys. What? I'm I'm not saying the word. Wait on your Boaz and make sure he respects Yoaz. Oh my Whoa. gosh. <laughs> That's that was a really good quote. That's biblical. That is biblical. That is so good. Don't oh. settle for any of his relatives. Yeah, that's wow. right. That's Whoa. from that's from www.ilovelifequotes.com. Yes, that was incredible. Okay, Thank Kent, you for that. Back okay, to the story. Um, back to the story. Before we get in, should we give a visual representation of Ruth? Okay. Yes. What do you think? Yeah. So Ruth is definitely a pilgrim-ish. Um, she's pil- pilgrim vibes. She's got pilgrim vibes. Pilgrim vibes. Like on the Mayflower. Pilgrim. Like on the Mayflower. She's wearing one of those cool hipster floral dresses, floor length and modest. Modest. <laughs> modest. Did you know that Ruth was 40 when she met Boaz? 40? Yes. No. Which means we got a long time to wait, ladies. So if you're younger than 40 and you're not married yet, yes. Hey, don't worry. Don't worry. That is when Boaz came into the picture. Okay, yes. so let's jump into her story. Okay, so Ruth, she lives in Moab and her she lives currently with her mother-in-law and her sister-in-law. Guess what? There was a famine in the land. So the men in their family died. They were just, they all died. Ruth was married to this man. He died. And so now they she's died. a widow and she's there mm. living with her mother-in-law, her and her sister-in-law. Her mother-in-law's name was Naomi. And she comes yes. to Ruth one day and she's like, Ruth, Ruth and Orpah, Orpah's her sister-in-law. Ruth and Orpah, you have a decision to make. You can either stay with me or you can go back to your homelands. I am going back to my homeland, which is Bethlehem, Let's because go. Naomi is a part of the Israelite people. She um, is going back with her people, back to the family of God. And Orpah is like, okay, mm. Naomi, I'm going back to my family. Like, I'm going back to figure out a new way of life. But mm. Ruth does something different. This is literally a quote from Ruth. She says, to Naomi, where you go, I will go. And where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people and your God my God. So already we can tell Ruth is a special girl. Like she just lost her husband. And instead of like going back to her comfort of what her new, her own family, she stays committed to this relationship with Naomi and Naomi and her move back to Bethlehem. They travel and move back to Bethlehem. Mm-hmm. What happens next, Ken? That's pretty cool. I got to say, um, she's choosing to follow her mother-in-law, which is also pretty epic like that's pretty epic as a married woman um uh, actually as an unmarried woman that i am (laughs) i already know that like the mother-in-law can be a it can be a you know an interesting relationship so she goes for it so that is really cool so they get back to um bethlehem and they're actually you know they're widows at this time and widows um in this culture are really looked down upon they live on the outskirts of the town and um yeah, they are poor and, you know, the chances of Ruth, like, I, I guess we just got to point it out. The chance of her meeting somebody at this point are not looking too good. Not for looking her. good. Like, yeah. she is, like we said, 40. She's a widow and she is poor and living on the outskirts of the town. Well, what happens is um, her and her mother-in-law, uh, or one day, her mother-in-law is like, hey, you got to go. Or Ruth decides to go and get some food for, for the both of them. So... 
She goes out to the land, the, the field, and starts picking she's some farming. crops. She's farming. I like she's to say she's some grain. collecting some grain, some corn. Some corn. Some corn. Yep. So she's out there collecting some corn. And she's actually <laughs> on Boaz's. Here comes Boaz. We know Boaz. Boaz. Um, his field. And so Boaz comes into the picture here and sees her picking some grain. And is like, girl, you picking that grain pretty good. Like, he was impressed. The way you are picking that grain. No, in all seriousness, no. She, Ruth Boaz, <laughs> Boaz <laughs> knew Ruth's story and like um, respected wow. um, her choice um, to be there and follow her mother-in-law and follow the God of Israel. And so he really admired Ruth and knew her story. You know, Bethlehem was kind of a small town, so word got around pretty quickly. Um, what do you think it was like when Ruth and Boaz saw each other for the first time? Do you think there were sparks or do you think it was just like, hmm. you know, like, do you think when they locked eyes for the first time, it was like, oh. <gasps> Or nah. I would like to think that, you know. Yeah. I think there was some sparks flying. Like she re- slow-mo ran into his arms. Oh. Like, even the first time they met. The first you know? time they the met. The first time they met. Embraced. <laughs> yep. But no, honestly, if we read in scripture, it's not too romantic. Like okay. Ruth is kind of just there to get the food for her mother-in-law. Okay. And she's kind of surprised. She's really oblivious okay. to anything So how happening. does this relationship so progress? Anyways, what ends up happening is she comes home with this food and Naomi, her mom's like, who gave you all this food? This is incredible. And she goes on to share that it was Boaz, this guy. And Naomi's like, oh my gosh, I know Boaz. He's a relative of ours. He's an amazing man of God. You know, Boaz really is an amazing man, yeah. of, man of God. He like was so faithful to God in all that he, he did. And the Lord blessed him with this like field and with all this wealth. And he really followed Jesus. And so anyways, um, she, She's Naomi like, says, Naomi's like, yeah, you got to make a move, Ruth. Like, you got to do something. Get yeah. this man. And so Ruth's like, okay, I'll make a move. I'll go for that. So she does exactly what her mother tells her to do. And um, Boaz is like, wow, all right, that move. I liked the move. Being bold, Ruth. Thank you for that. Yes. But he's also kind Can of we like. Just talk about the move. This is what oh, she yeah. says. Please. Tonight, he will be winnowing barley on the threshing floor. Wash, put on perfume, take notes, ladies, and get dressed in your best clothes. Then go down to the threshing floor, but don't let him know you are there until he has finished eating and drinking. When he lies down, note the place where he is lying. Then go and uncover his feet and lie down. He will tell you what to do. It's weird. It's, it's kind of weird. weird. Do you feel a little weird about I, that? What is the threshing floor? It just sounds bad, but I think it has to do with, <laughs> I think it would actually have to do the is farm. with the farming. Yeah, yeah, the farm. But yeah. it does sound weird. Yeah. This is a bold move. I mean, I know some of your friends sometimes are like, go make a move. You should text him. Yeah. Slide into his DMs. But you I probably mean, should was take not- off his shoes and lie down next to him. That might be a little <laughs> weird, ladies. Don't do that. But, but okay, so that's what Ruth did. Yeah, Ruth did it. Boaz is like, honestly, it's it didn't go as well as probably hoped. She really put herself out there, went on a limb, and this is how Boaz responds. Boaz is basically like, oh, that's sweet. Thank you. Essentially, oh, she got friend zoned. <laughs> she got friend zoned. Okay. But here's the thing: it was because there was another relative that was closer to Naomi and would be potentially be a better fit. You know, Boaz was just being a respectable man and was like, "Hey, before we move too fast, I just gotta let you know there's potentially this other person." Yeah. And so, long story short, when 
ends up happening is they go to the people in the community and they have a conversation of, um, you know, who would be best fit for this. And the other guy steps down. He's like, ah, no, I won't. And Boaz steps up to the plate and he's like, now I get to marry Ruth and they have an awesome celebration. I mean, a party. Party. Okay, so Ruth and Boaz are married. They're married. And wow. what's really cool, and I know we can't miss this, uh, you know, the genealogies at the end of scripture, yep. mm-hmm. beginning. Sometimes they're a little bit boring, but this one's really important because Boaz and Ruth actually have a child. They name their child Oeb. Obed. Obed. Yep. <laughs> who became a father of Jesse and Jesse was the father of David. So King David. Yes. Wow. They are great grandparents to David, who is also, you guys should know this, a relative to Jesus. Wow. So they're in the lineage of Jesus. They're in the lineage of Jesus. So long story short. Fun fact. Yes. Do you know who Boaz's mom was? But yeah, tell me. Rahab. Wow. Yeah. I still shook about that. Rahab. The That's prostitute. crazy. We yep. talked about that. Yep. So Rahab's decision, bold decision to follow the God of Israel and to be faithful to him, then birthed Boaz, who is also faithful to God and followed him, mm-hmm. who then, long story short, was a part of Jesus. And that's crazy. And, and this is where the Bible just blows our mind. Blows our mind. And there's our wow. girl Ruth right in the midst Ruth, of all of that. right in the midst of it. And yeah, wow. long story short, this whole thing is a message of like, when you choose to follow God, when you like sacrifice the whole other life you're yeah. living and walk in obedience to him, even when it feels really unknown and scary, God, um, God will bless your obedience in big, big ways when you lock eyes with him and stay faithful to him. And so we just want to dig into this just a little bit more, what we can actually, actually learn from Ruth's story. So are you ready for this, you guys? Ready. Okay. So first of all, I just want to point out how like hopeless Ruth was in finding love. I want to speak to basically all the single ladies out there that maybe just have been feeling like, gosh, like this, I feel like nobody's, I don't, the Lord's not going to bring me a husband to me. Like this just feels way too far away. I've been single for way too long. All of that. I want to talk about that. And I really do want to press into like the love story here because I think there's a lot that we can learn from it. Um, There really is. And this is just the first point is how hopeless her love story is and how Mm. God turned that around. You see, here's the thing. When we first are introduced to Ruth, she lived in like a pagan land. She worshiped a totally different God. And even worse, like her husband then passed away. She, he had died and she's a widow, which was extremely, extremely looked out yeah. upon. She was poor. She was living on the outskirts of the town. Um, and it was just not looking too good for her. Like yeah. she's now getting older. Like things are really, really hopeless. And I also want to point out another thing. When she decided to move to Bethlehem with Naomi, like the chances of her meeting somebody in Bethlehem were even slimmer than the chances of her meeting somebody in her homeland. But she decided to follow him 
anyways. Um, no matter if that looked like she like seriously might not have somebody marry. She was like, I don't care. I'm going to follow. I'm going to follow you, Naomi. I'm going to follow the God of Israel. Um, and here's another thing. So when she gets there, here's the thing. She could have gone to like a million fields. There were a ton of fields out there. This was the farm land in Bethlehem. There was a there, there was not a famine. It was yeah. like flourishing. There's so many crops. She yeah. could have gone to like any field. I'm from Southern California and there's a whole lot of fields out there that I just know. If you really? take a plane, a bird's eye view, hundreds, hundreds, of hundreds fields. of fields. And okay. she ended up at Boaz's field. Like she could have been anywhere, but this was just by um, chance, you know, God led her there. So I just want to point out the fact that like, Things were not looking good for Ruth. Like she was so single, so hopeless, living on the outskirts of the town. But God led her to Boaz. And like God like turned her whole love story around in the most miraculous ways. And yeah, I think it's just so important to stay faithful to God, like to follow him regardless of how like lonely it might feel or how like isolated you might be. Um, Just to follow him so faithfully and through doing that, like the Lord will bless you. He will like randomly lead you to that field, to that place where there is a man for you. But you just got to follow him faithfully and be so patient in his timing. I just think it's a huge thing from Ruth's story that we can take away. Hey, you guys, we're popping into the middle of the episode to ask you a really annoying favor, and that's to leave us a review. (laughs) It takes like no time and is the best thing ever. Honestly, we didn't even know how impactful it is. So just to give you a little inside scoop, when you leave a review, it puts us on the top of the charts. Top of the charts. And we need everybody to be listening to the podcast, not because of us, but because of Jesus. Let's go. We need everybody to hear the truth, the word of God and get excited to dive into the word. How cool. You can be a part of that. amazing. It can be the shortest little review ever. You can just leave us a little inside joke, whatever you're feeling. Um, Hopefully we get five stars. If not, hey, we get it. We get it, guys. We totally understand. (laughs) But yeah, leave us a review in the next couple of days and it would literally make our entire week. You guys are the best. So good. And I really love um, just looking at scripture. It's so funny. I read this verse earlier, but it's this verse from Ruth one where um, Naomi is trying to convince Ruth not to come with her. And ultimately, Ruth says, this is verse 16, where you go, I will go. And where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people and your God, my God. And it's funny, actually, my parents' house, my mom, like, you know, those little like slogan little kind of like farmhousey thing. She has one that says, where you go, I will go. And where you stay, I will stay. And to be honest, I always thought, I think, truthfully thought this was Ruth talking about Boaz. I never really realized this this is Ruth talking about Naomi. And I think so often, this speaks to me so much because I think so often we think, oh God, I'll be so faithful to you um, if it means I'll get what I want. You know, like I'll I'll get the end goal. But listen, see what Ruth did. Like Ruth probably so desperately wanted to be remarried. Like the comfort, the security, the partnership that she was missing because her husband had died. But she could have found that so much easier in a different way, but she knew uh, she sensed what God was doing in her life. And so she stayed committed to something that honestly probably wouldn't have set her up for success in the thing her heart wanted the most. Yeah. And 
it ultimately was the thing. Like if she wouldn't have gone back with Naomi, if she wouldn't said, hey, Naomi, where you go, I'm going to go where you stay. I'm going to say your God's going to become my God. She would have missed out on this incredibly epic story that God had for her. And I wonder in each and every one of our lives, is there something, is there a commitment that we're, we are almost not saying yes to what God has for us because it doesn't seem as romantic and glamorous and flashy and sparkly as what maybe we have in mind for our life. Yeah. And I can think about my own life. There are things in my life that like, it's not very exciting to have to commit to. It's not very exciting to have to be obedient in, but I've seen just throughout the history of like my own journey with God, those things that are the most mundane, ordinary, honestly, annoying commitments and steps and choices that I have to make. They're the very, uh, steps that have set up God to do the biggest moves of God in my life. And so I think that's just so cool of like, what is something in your life that you're choosing not to commit to because you think it will never lead you to where you ultimately want to be. And maybe that's the decision, the like, you know, the sacrifice that ultimately will give God more access to do, to creating an even crazier, beautiful story for your life. Yeah, no, that's right. It makes me think of how often we may make decisions in our life for a guy instead of God. Yeah. And I know that that like sounds basic, but like, gosh, I can think of my single years and how many times I just like manipulated a decision or a thing as simple as like plans on the weekend or a way I was spending my time over the holidays or um, a decision I was making because of a guy and like seriously not because of God. And I know that sounds basic, but I feel like if we really think about our lives, there might be things like, and of course, if it's a guy that like you're... (laughs) you're seriously dating and God really has for you. That's like a different story, but I'm talking about in our, in our singleness and yeah. our calling and our passions and our purpose. Like, yes, we've got to stay committed to, to God, to his calling. Yeah. Even when yeah. that might look like you're going to be single for a little yeah. while longer, yeah. you know, like even I love then. that. And I think that's what this, this reminds me of like, let's romanticize that part of like that, that relationship with God in us rather than just like, Oh, I'm just looking for this big final love epic story. Like what would it look like to like romanticize that with God and go like, God, I'm going to sacrifice for you. Like I'm going to make the hard decisions for you. I'm going to go to the places that like make no sense, but I sense that you're calling me to. And I think that if we would do that more often, if we would take that same like attention and time that we give to like crushes and things like that, I think it would be really cool just to see what God could begin to do in each of our stories. Yeah, and I, believe um, I love that so much. I think that's so good. So Ruth can, can show us so much in that. And yeah. then I think we get a glimpse into God's heart when we, we make those crazy decisions in his name. Yeah, absolutely. That's so, so good. I think about, um, this is like the funniest thing ever, but I remember us in college trying to decide what our calling was, what our purpose was, how we were going to like pursue what he'd placed on our life. And, uh, you know, Mac was like, I think I might go home and stay with my parents or whatever. I was like, I might go back to California. I always wanted to go back to California, all of these things. And, you know, probably both of us in some sort of way were like, that was connected to our future. Other desire of like wanting to meet somebody and be with somebody and like start a future in that way. But instead we were like, okay, no, we're going to stay here. Like we're going to stay in Nashville in the South. Honestly, never wanted to meet a Southern boy. I was like, I want to (laughs) find 
that Cali boy, but it's okay. Maybe I'll find one here. Maybe a miracle will pull through for me. Who knows? <laughs> but anyways, that's the focus, you know, yeah. especially in that transitional season of your life. Like that should be our focus is like yeah. our purpose, our God, our God purpose and not, not a guy. Um, mm. And, and then we just got to have so much faith in him that he is going to pull through. Like, yeah, like I have faith, God, that you're going to bring yeah. some Cali boy in Nashville for me just because you are faithful and because I'm making this decision and I'm proclaiming, like, I'm going to trust you and I'm going to follow you. And that's the thing is like our faith, it, it's a faith, it's a trust that moves us to action too. Yeah. Um, I, we see that in Ruth's story. And that's the second thing we wanted to talk about is like, it wasn't just a passive like trust where she was like, okay, God, I'm going to, I'm going to follow you. I'm going to trust you, but I'm not going to do anything. Like she actually moved and she took action. She yeah. made moves. She did for the kingdom of God, like over and over again. Um, we see that happen when she actually made the physical move. Then she like made a move by like going out in the fields and getting food for the both of them. She made a move when she decided to follow the God of Israel. She made a move when she, her mother told her what to do and she made a move on a guy. Like she was making moves and she was having faith. It wasn't a passive trust. It yeah. was a faith that turned into action and she got out of her comfort zone. And she like, she did what the scary thing out of faith and out of trust. And I think that should speak to us a little mm. bit too. Like if you're just feeling like stuck, if you're like, I don't know, I don't even when it comes to your love life, like, I don't know if he has anything for me. Like, I would just want to encourage you and empower you to make some moves, like yeah. get out of your comfort zone, like, um, follow him to like the things that are uncomfortable because I think he brings a lot to the surface when we do that. So, yeah, that's yeah. so good. So good. And I think, you know, I know we're looking at this kind of like love story and it's easy to kind of parallel all this to dating, but I think that actually yeah. God has some pretty big moves for you to make in some other areas of your life. And so I think starting to think like, what would that look like yeah. to be like, what is something that feels stagnant and stuck in your life? And what would it look like to make a move? Maybe it's community, maybe it's um, your church, maybe um, it's like, moving to a new city. Maybe it's time that you have a tough conversation with a friend. Maybe it's, um, you know, stop being apathetic in your quiet time or stop being apathetic in just some areas of your life. And I think it's so important to, to just sense where and see where God might be calling you out of your comfort zone and challenging you to do challenging you to do something that like you cannot see the end goal. You can't yeah. see the end result of like, you're going to have to really go out on a limb and trust God. That's what I see in Ruth's story. Yeah. She, she did it not because she thought, Oh, this is when it is going to get me to what I want in the end. She did it because she, she said, no, this is the faithful thing to do. And yeah. so in your life, what is the faithful next move? Think about that. Um, and just some of those different areas of your life. That's so, right. That's yeah. right. Ruth, she went on a limb for God. I love that. There's so much to learn from her story. And you're right. It's so much more than just a love story. Like yeah. it really is following Jesus into the unknowns, into the scary, to get uncomfortable and just get excited yeah. about what he's going to do through you when you sacrifice yeah. for him, when you follow him with everything in your life. Yeah. Um, I'm so inspired. You know what's so cool about Ruth's story too? It's different from the rest of them is um, God isn't mentioned like 
he didn't speak directly yeah. to Ruth through the whole book. Like she actually just followed him out of faithfulness and out of trust, knowing that he was present. Um, but different from maybe other people we've even talked about, like Deborah or yeah. even Joshua or um, Rahab. Like she didn't like hear vocally. She didn't have like an encounter in the book of Ruth with God. She just knew. And so just remember that like God is with you. He is near yeah. to you. And sometimes it's like faith. Um, that just has to like lead the way. Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah I'm I so inspired. That. Yes. And I think it's so true. Like we are, we are God's daughters. And when we think all hope is lost, when we're at our most heartbroken, when we can't see um, how God is going to be able to come in and rewrite our story, that's what God does. Like he has such he a good story in mind for yeah. you. It's probably going to look so different than what you think, but yeah. he has you, he holds you. And um, when we take those steps of obedience, when we take those steps of faithfulness, when we say, okay, God, what is the next faithful move? Um, that's when we begin, begin to see God just rewrite our story, retell yeah. our story, renew our story, and really redeem it. And so I really am excited for you to kind of lean into this, for you to dig into the book of Ruth. It's only four chapters if you haven't read so it yet. So easy. So easy, so simple. And just begin to, to ask God, okay, God, what is your heart for me in this? Um, how can I see um, how, how you kind of led Ruth's story and how are you leading my story? Mm-hmm. So, wow. Love, love. I love, love too. And we are finally making our way into the New Testament whoop, whoop. next week. Let's we go. are in, you know, chapter four of our daughter's book and we're going to be talking about, you know, Mary. Joseph's baby mama. The mother. Jesus' the mom. The Virgin Mary. Are you, <laughs> All right, you guys. Are you excited to I'm talk about pumped. Mary? I'm so pumped. It's going to be good. We will see you then. Get ready. Dig into the word. And we'll catch you next week. <laughs>